Hello there, my name is John Proctor and you're listening to the Stuck in the Mud podcast. This is Season 6, Episode 3 and the subject today is how to stop stress turning into anxiety. Now this season is all based all on my series of blog posts on my website johnproctor.co.uk which is all about personal development. Um, I can't quite remember how many posts there are. Uh, I think there's seven or maybe eight now and by the time you're listening to this one maybe there's maybe they've all come out maybe they haven't I'm not entirely certain but um, this is a series of posts that are really important to me because they're very much about how we get unstuck from the things that we struggle with. Now, with my book, Stuck in the Mud, Stories of Hope for When You're Stuck, I'm talking very much about personal situations, times in my life when I've been stuck. The answer to getting stuck for me as a, as a, as a Christian is to be looking to Jesus um, and uh, finding restoration and fulfillment in him. Um, but alongside that, there are some really simple principles which uh, which I might teach in schools. Now, if you know me, you know that I work with young people in my professional life. Uh, I work a lot in education and a lot in mentoring in personal development, not just for young people, but adults as well. And sometimes I'm talking very practically. Now, obviously with my book, Stuck in the Mud, I'm talking about extremely personal things, which I'm really pleased to talk about in the book. But when I go into schools and things, when I'm talking to mentees uh, whether they're adults or or young people obviously you can't just share your story all the time there's got to be some practical help and advice which can get out there and of course stuck in the mud is very much about um, our discipleship journey for those of us who are Christians uh, I'd really like to encourage you though if you're someone who doesn't have a faith but enjoys reading kind of I don't know, semi-biographical, personal development, mentoring stuff, um, that you'd actually really enjoy Stuck in the Mud. Um, the the thing that I hear from people is that uh, that they find it really helpful because it's relatable. I'm talking a lot about family, a lot about loss, uh, redundancy, bereavement. You know, this stuff, uh, it's the stuff that we... Um, it's the stuff that we struggle with in our everyday life and we often compile some of these problems in our lives. We compile them and we sort of bury them or we sort of put them to one side. The problem though is that when we, when we ignore problems and we don't deal with them proactively, that they will eventually come back to hurt us. Maybe our capacity diminishes. And this is where some of today is coming from when we're talking about stress we're talking about a build-up of tension and tension is inherently good um, I said in the first podcast I think in the series that I'm sat here in front of a microphone where there's where there is springs and there's um uh, kind of, I don't know, uh, elasticated bands and things that are holding this whole contraption and the microphone suspended in the midair. That is tension. Tension is good and tension helps us to be more productive. The problem when 
when tension turns to stress and stress turns to anxiety. That's what we're talking about today. A too much tension that starts to break us, that starts to rip us in a way that is not good for us. And then that anxiety that comes off the back of all of that, it starts then to make us avoid or to um, have a very kind of... uh, emotional visceral response to tension which isn't uh, supposed to be there we're not designed to operate in that level of tension anxiety is often our our bodies and our minds our emotional way of telling us that something's wrong if you're anxious about something there might be something wrong now interestingly enough sometimes that feeling of anxiety is just the way that we know that something's important you know when i go and i speak somewhere i use the sort of terminology oh well i, I feel nervous well what's that that's anxiety. I'm feeling ang- anxious about what I'm going to say. Every time I speak in a new environment, I feel anxious about it. Does that mean I shouldn't go? No, it doesn't mean that. It means that I should find ways to face that productively. But sometimes anxiety becomes unproductive, stress becomes unproductive. And of course, and I'm going to talk about this in this passage here, this this post here, sometimes anxiety is medical. Now, I don't want you to get the wrong impression from anything that I've written about here. If you have um, uh, anxiety which has, has, um, has overtaken you and there is a medical reason for that, then you should get the help that you need. Sometimes, though, the anxieties that we have um, are quite practical. And even medical um, uh, intervention will include some practical outworking. Um, Of course, sometimes there is medication that's helpful. That's okay. There's nothing to be ashamed of. a bit like I remember a friend of mine was saying about depression that you know if you broke your foot you put it in a cast well if your if your chemicals in your body are out of balance then you need something to deal with that as well it's very normal it's very natural um but that's not specifically what today's about that's just to say that you should always get the help that you need please Anyway, here we go so this is the post that I put out on the 29th of April um today is the 11th of May and I don't know when you're going to be listening to this but I just like to tell you the date so here we go this is my post from the 29th of April this is season six episode three how to stop uh, stress turning into anxiety today I've been working on a series of new personal development posts I don't have a specific curriculum I've been working to but so far I've written a few posts which will go up at some point The first is the right questions to ask when your life is full. And the second is 4D, your to-do list. And both of those posts are available on the website, johnproctor.co.uk, under the uh, subcategory personal development series. And they're also available on the season six uh, of, of the Stuck in the Mud podcast. This third post then is about how to stop uh, stress turning into anxiety. Funnily enough, a few years ago, I wrote uh, posts about stress, which I think still has a lot to offer. I'm going to actually amalgamate it into this post. So 
uh, you may have read this in the past. The only thing I've changed is the focus I put on stress. Over time, I've observed that tension and stress aren't necessarily the main problem. The issue now seems to be that tension and stress turn uh, into even more complex emotions, resulting in feelings of anxiety that are even more difficult to cope with. To be clear, this post hasn't been written to speak into medical anxiety. If that's your experience, please seek professional help. However, often things that cause anxiety are connected to perfectly normal life stress, which we can learn to live with. So, with that minor amendment, let me present to you the post that I wrote just before the major house move that we did a few months before the first COVID-19 pandemic. This post was initially titled 10 Types of Stress to Keep Out of Your Bucket. And so here we go. This is um, a post, a podcast of a post about a post. There you go. Um, so, um, if you were to ask me how I cope with pressure... I'd probably tell you that I take everyday stress in my stride. But when I do struggle, it's often because of complicated and compounded pressure, and it feels awful. Of course, it doesn't matter exactly why we struggle. The point is that stress can feel crippling wherever it comes from. On a day-to-day -day basis, there will always be a vast amount of opportunity for things to go wrong, to create extra stress. But when a life-changing event crops up, we can often find ourselves lacking the kind of resilience we need in order to thrive. To be really clear, I believe strongly that some stress, some tension is good. Take, for example, an elastic band. If it's not pulled reasonably tight, an elastic band isn't fulfilling its purpose. For us, without a certain amount of tension, we can quickly feel lethargic and can struggle to find direction. I like to think of tension as the thing I need in order to be aware um, so that I understand what's going on around me. If you're not feeling any pressure, you're probably missing something important. In our current situation, we're moving house. Now, this was four years ago now, but anyway, there you go. Um, in our current situation, we're preparing to move house. Personally speaking, I hate moving home. However, one of the few things I like about one of the few things I like about moving is the way you get to sort everything out. And it's the sorting out phase that I've realized where some of my current everyday stress has been coming from. For example, although I love a tidy house, packing up has uncovered how many things that have become untidy under the surface of our home. There's letters I've ignored, a certificate of my wife's in an envelope that I nearly threw out by mistake. There's 20 DVDs that we don't watch, 100 CDs that no one listens to. There's 50 paintings the kids have done which we never put up. The endless, uh, the endless opened envelopes that for some reason never got put in the recycling. All of those things are little by themselves and they're no bother but little things mount up and over time they create in us an unhelpful tension and stress that we could do without holding. 
It's like an unresolved relationship or a thing at work that you're ignoring. All of these things crank up the tension and take up valuable space in your mind, which is supposed to be reserved for when life-changing events strike. Consider for a moment the stress or tension you carry as being like a bucket of water. The bucket is yours to carry, and as you go through your everyday life, you continually tip in and out stress. This process is both essential and healthy. So now consider that over time unresolved stress begins to make your bucket of water extremely difficult to carry. You're not unloading any stress, you're just, at, you're just increasing the amount in there. You started with very little water in your bucket and were able to go at the pace you wanted. However, over time you've become slower experiencing more pain and you're even beginning to spill your water, your stress over other people. Every time you take a step into a new situation, your bucket cripples your ability to move a little more. But the worst part of all is that from time to time, you have no choice but to dump your bucket over people you care about. Imagine one day you're happily walking along with your bucket and in front of you looms a significant life event. Maybe you're moving house, you've lost your job or possibly you've lost someone you loved. You look at the challenge in front of you and it's so massive that you have no choice but to drop your bucket altogether. For a time, you navigate through what feels like sludge and then you emerge on the other side and look around for your bucket only to find that while you're away, it shrank. What the heck is that about? You were struggling with the bucket before the trauma, then gave everything you had and left to the most challenging sludge you've ever dredged through. And now the capacity of your bucket has dramatically decreased. What are you going to do now? More to the point, how many more of these events are you going to be able to cope with? Particularly if every time you emerge, a part of you is missing or your bucket gets smaller and smaller and smaller. The truth is that as you get older, life will become more complicated. As you navigate through everything, it's all the more important to make sure your everyday challenges are tackled head on. The aim here is to retain as much capacity in your bucket as you can so that when the worst happens, you've got enough of yourself left over to cope. The trick is to keep your bucket as, em your bucket as empty as possible. Honestly, I don't feel I have all the answers today. Maybe this isn't the best day to write a blog about coping with stress or anxiety. Or possibly writing on a day when you don't feel on top of things is perfect, maybe. With that in mind, though, here's a list of 10 things I think we'd all do well to keep up to date with. A list of things to keep out of your buckets. So number one, really simple. Open your letters. I know it's hard but sometimes letters and emails hold difficult content. But what if the message is good news? Yes, it's probably junk mail, but if you open it straight away, you won't have to worry about what's in it. Number two, pay your bills. Don't want to be too harsh here. Sometimes money stress needs specialist help. However, if you can pay bills as they come in, 
then do. I want to spend my money on something fun, but I don't want to spend money I don't have. I want to pay my bills and then have fun with the money left over rather than spending money on things which end up making me feel rubbish. Number three, check your bank balance. That's right. Open your letters, pay your bills and check your bank balance. Exciting, isn't it? Unfortunately, avoiding it isn't going to make it go away. Who cares if you look at your balance and find you've got hardly anything? At least you're living in reality. Now, I want to pause here because although I wrote this a long time ago, these first three, I think, have a connection and they certainly have a connection for me because um, even just recently, there was a moment where I hadn't... um, uh, I hadn't looked at the bank balance. I hadn't looked at a couple of uh, random bills that are coming. Not standard bills. I mean, random ones that were were one-offs. Um, and I hadn't opened a couple of crucial things as well. There was this day where I said to um, to my wife, "I'm going to need to just sit here until it's done." And I built up this tension in me that was. It wasn't crippling. I, it was, I'd chosen when I was going to do this, but I was really aware that there were two or three bills. There was a couple of bank balances. There was something on a credit card. There was a couple of different things. Now, the thing that, that, that happened that was perhaps interesting, helpful, good, I, I don't know really the way to describe it, but basically everything that I needed was in place, but I kind of got a little bit behind and I'd and I'd ended up fearful of what I might find now I could have looked at this stuff a few days before that would have helped but I think sometimes we just get into these rhythms where we don't look at important things and we actively ignore it thinking well I can't deal with this right now or or maybe it'll go away or I don't know whether everything's going to be okay (laughs) The, the problem is that that not knowing what's going on is often the thing that that hurts you the most. Not knowing the answer to the question is really hard. Whereas knowing the answer to the question, even if it's if it's somewhat bad news, it contains within it something liberating. It's quite liberating to find the answer to a question and to know what you're going to do with it. Now, you might not know what you're going to do with it. You might need to go and ask someone else's help. But that's precisely the point, is that if you know what's going on, particularly with your money, then 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 you really are better equipped to do something with it. Anyway, here we go. Number four, answer the phone. Answering the phone might seem like a simple one. But imagine a world where you're not uh, where you're not afraid of responding to people. On one occasion, I asked a builder to do a job for me. He's a great guy with a good reputation. But over time, I sensed he didn't have the time to do what I was asking him to do. In the end, he wasn't responding to texts or phone calls. But one day he did answer, I think by mistake. And I was pleased he did. I asked him how he was doing. And he got the opportunity to tell me that he was overstretched, which in turn allowed me to release him from the obligation 
to do the job for me. You see, hiding doesn't resolve anything, but a conversation can unlock the solution to what you need. Number five, speak up about what's causing you stress. When I'm experiencing high levels of tension, I tend to get my head down and plan to plow forward. This approach is excellent for me, but it's awful for my family and my work colleagues and anybody else. If I can figure out how to speak up, it'd be far better for everyone, especially me. Let me just add a little bit more explanation to that. If I'm feeling a real kind of high level of tension, then I will focus really heavily down on the problem, but I can become quite obsessive with that. And that's that's good for me. Great, brilliant. I feel like I'm I'm coping. But the people around me then are having to deal with the fallout of my laser focus on one thing that isn't helpful for them. Now, again, there may be some things that, you know, I may have to explain why that's important. But more times, uh, I think it's just um, uh, it's just bad news for everybody. <laughs> um, anyway, OK, uh, number six, make a to do list. This point is um, as much sorry, this point is as much about organizing your thoughts as it is about making a to do list itself. Imagine a reality where the stuff clogging up in your head existed outside of you, ready for you to deal with in bite-sized chunks. Let's come back to the post from last week where we talked about 4D, your to-do list. Um, Point six here, make a to-do list. Uh, Well, go back to that podcast or go back to that post on my website and recap 4D, your to-do list. And find out the things that you can ditch, delegate, uh, what was the third one? Uh, ditch. Um, oh my goodness, I can't even remember. I'm going to go back to it. Oh, I'm going to lose my place everywhere. Here we go. 4D, your to-do list. <laughs> Sorry about this. Ditch it, delegate it, delay it, or do it. There you go. Ditch it, delegate it, delay it, and do it. Um, that's a great way to figure out your to-do list. Now let me get back to this. Lost my place now. Answer the phone. Speak up about what's causing you stress. Make a to-do list. Number seven, plan to be early. An old mentor of mine used to say that early is on time, but on time is late. Sometimes our everyday stress is based on uh, always being on the back foot. Why not try planning to be early? Again, a big thing that I really struggle with um, because I tend to turn up exactly in the point uh, that something starts and I could really do with planning to be early. Maybe, actually, if you're listening to this, maybe you've experienced me being only just on time, but plan to be early nonetheless. So number eight, give up some commitments. Planning to be on time to things can be difficult especially when we're overcommitted. So here's a question for you. What are you currently doing that you already know you need to give up? And again, let me reference that first post about about filtering out things that are making your life too full. Maybe you want to go back and read that. Number nine, tidy up as you go. Keeping a tidy home or workplace can be problematic because... Ultimately, you're relying on others to be on the same page as you. 
But if you're struggling to order the big things, why not take a moment to put the small things in order? Ironically, if you can shift something little like the washing up, you might find enough headspace to deal with the next challenge. I love to do that at the end of the day. There's nothing better in my mind than at the end of the day, resetting ready for the morning. Tidying up as you go means that I don't have to deal with yesterday today. That's bad news for me. And finally, number 10, plan things to do that bring you life. And again, you're going to find some running threads through all of these posts. Repetition uh, is important in personal development. So plan to do things that bring you life. I think this is a guy thing, but in stress, I tend to skip directly into a sort of superhero mode. As long as everyone's happy and healthy, I'm good, I'll say. Except that I'm not always okay. And it's for this reason that every single one of us must find the things that bring us life. When you go away as a family, or when we go away as a family, sorry, I love to fly my kite. It's a little stunt kite. The moment that parachute kite catches the wind, something clicks in me and the world melts away. There's a funny thing about it. The moment my kite catches the wind, it creates tension and it's perfect tension and it lets me know that I'm alive. So funny, just feeling that pull of the string in the air and looking up at that soaring kite, that tension is so good and I so enjoy it. Finally, let me remind you that if the anxiety you're experiencing is overwhelming, you really need to talk to a professional. Don't panic. Um, feeling anxious is perfectly normal and it's a, a perfectly normal response to tension. Just please don't ignore it. And as we come to the end of this post today, let me just say I really appreciate you listening. I really appreciate uh, you particularly uh, subscribing to the podcast on the platform you've got. If there's a way to leave a review, maybe there's something helpful you found, um, then please do leave a review. If there's a way to share it with people, if you think it's helpful to somebody else, then please do share it with other people. And all of that is really good for me as I'm really seeking and, and exploring what it means to do something like this podcast, to write and to find avenues of success, not only for other people, but also myself. Oftentimes, I'm literally just talking to myself here, um, and I really enjoy it. And if I wasn't doing this, um, um, well, actually, if I wasn't doing this, I'd probably do something similar in a different medium. But the point is that I love this, and I hope that you're enjoying it too. And if you are enjoying it, I would love for you to find a way to let me know. All right, I'll see you soon. Thanks. Bye-bye.